Hey, I'm Derek Mankey with 40 Guard Labs. I'm joined today with Anthony Giandomenico, a.k.a. Tony G. It's good to see you again, buddy. How are you doing? All right. It's great, man. It's great to be here, and uh, always good to see you, too. Yeah, I know. In this in this new normal virtual world, we have <laughs> at least we can see more of, more of each other on, on screen. Hey, th thanks for joining me. So, you know, in some of these past episodes we've done uh, with 40 Guard Labs, I've been talking um, with, with some other um, co-hosts and, and um uh, colleagues, obviously, within the lab. So on various topics, right, we've talked about healthcare threats, we've talked about the threat of uh, th this new normal of, of telework now, um, you know, the whole concept of the uh, the threat environment changing, right, uh, from, from people working remotely, uh, having to do segmentation locally on networks uh, that they didn't have to do before. Obviously, I've talked about some of the statistics, you know these well, Tony, uh, in the labs. We've seen a, a big uptick, obviously, on things like COVID-19, um, phishing scams are pulling anywhere from 40 to 60 of these per day. Um, they're very targeted in nature, obviously, trying to, as usual, social engineer on the latest flavor of fear. Um, so, you know, uh, uh, we're going kind of back to this uptick in viruses now too, right? There used to be a lot of just phishing links and training on education to that. We, we saw a rise of about 131% uh, in, in viruses alone in, in March. And a lot of those were attributed to these, um, these social engineering lures, right? So we're seeing a lot more of malicious, uh, you know, PDF, uh, uh, office documents targeting things, everything from tax scams to, to um, you know, health scares, right, on, on, on COVID-19. So, so the, the reality is that targeted threats are on the rise. I, I talked about the threat last year of targeted ransom cases, and we started to see those, right, in, in, in uh, environments where you're not dealing with, five, you know, a risk of having to pay $500 to get your data back, but rather critical business streams that go down, right, and having to pay in the ballpark of millions of dollars just to try to, um, just to, try to recover from these attacks. So there's that. There's the incident response recovery end, but there's also like, how do you, you know, you know, given your experience, T, I know that you have a lot of experience in consulting from a secure, you know, SOC security operations perspective, wearing a, a CISO hat. So I think it'd be good maybe just to talk about Kimura's strategy this time, right? We know about the threat, we know it's real, but really, what can you do to start preparing against these, particularly since the risk is so high, there's more advanced evasion techniques, things like this, right? Yeah. You know, the landscape has kind of changed, like you said, you know, um, so often, um, you know, from the very beginning to where we are now. So that's always changing. But the constant, and I think, uh, you know, I find myself actually repeating this over and over and over again. And I'm going back and I'm questioning myself, am I really saying the right thing? And, you know, when I go back and I assess if I am or not, I still think I am. It's the foundational information that you're going to need to be able to start to build a cybersecurity program that's going to be able to respond to some of these actual threats that are continuously evolving over time. You know, some of those foundational, you know, things would be like, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I always say this, um, you know, when I talk about this, it's just the tip of the iceberg because you see the iceberg, but then when you look underneath the water, it's a lot more information and things that you got to do. So take all that with a grain of salt. So, I mean, some of the things I'm talking about, if I can simplify it a little bit, is one is being aware, being aware of your situation inside your environment and also, you know, externally. When I mean inside the environment, though, it's what are your assets? What are your operating systems? What are the, the applications on those operating systems? What are the actual processes, the, uh, the services? Um, where's your data? 
how is your data actually flowing from system to system? When you start to understand some of those things, um, you get more of an actual baseline of some of the, you know, uh, the actual gaps that you're going to need and you're going to have to be able to put in place to start at least on that foundational level, be able to build upon that, right? So if you get that information, you're aware of what's happening in your environment, you now have the ability to understand what are some of the vulnerabilities that you may have in your environment that may actually exist in your environment. You understand some of the actual avenues of approach the adversaries may be able to take. Now you can start putting in different choke points to be able to throttle them back when they are inside your network. So that's kind of the first yeah. step, you know? There's got to be some easy wins there, too, because I think you're right. You know, there's uh, going to the iceberg analogy. We always, you know, in the industry, we usually reference that to, to, uh, to, to the mystery of deep web, right? It's that whole, like, everything on the public internet is searchable, but really there's this deep web underneath there and where a lot of threats are lurking. But really, it's the same sort of analogy now that you're talking about it from, I guess, a, a you know, CISO perspective, where it's like, just from a network um, for, for assets, <laughs> digital assets on your network, where are they, uh, where do they lie, especially in, in large distributed enterprise, uh, things like that too. And, you know, I, I've, I've consistently asked, um, you know, CISOs uh, uh, and CIOs uh, in the past, um, you know, if I were to ask you on any given day, how many devices are connected to your network, would you know? And then the, and the simple answer usually is no. <laughs> they can give ballpark figures, but it's so volatile, right? And so, yeah. So I guess what I'm saying is it's sort of easier said than done sometimes. It's always been, I, I know you, you constantly talk about this, but it's, I guess, just naturally been a big challenge, right, in today's day and age with that larger attack surface. So so I'm just, what, what do you think are some, some you talked about the choke, choke points. What are some easy wins there? I, you know, I think um, it's not, you know, like you said, it's not super simple these days, right? You got kind of cloud, you got you know, workloads that are spinning up and spinning down. Um, you got, you know, IOT these days. So yeah, I, I totally agree. It's not easy, but you know, if you, if you look out there, there's a variety of different uh, innovation and, in, you know, technology that makes it a lot easier than it was in the past. So I definitely will, you know, I definitely will say that, right. I mean, so it's not as difficult as you may think, just get some of those actual fundamental things down. Um, I think you can get some kind of quick wins there. Um, you know, like an example, you know, maybe you focus on a good vulnerability and patch management system. Now, what I'm not saying is patch, 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 because going back to what you said, that's easier said than done. But as mm -hmm. long as you have that awareness of where those vulnerabilities exist, you can put mitigating controls around those things to mitigate uh, the, the possible exploit of that actual, you know, vulnerability. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I know. And that's that's. That's security 101, what we talk about all the time, right? Don't click on those links with patches systems. But but in reality, I, I agree. Like we have to understand that there is no, no silver bullet with that, but there are easy wins for, um, like you said, identifying those, those vulnerabilities, um, plugging them up. But like, like, like I always say, you can only protect against what, what you can see, right? But you have to have that visibility, I guess, um, you know, first of all, right? So let, let's switch gears a little bit because again, there is no perfect rosy world, <laughs> as we know, but it's all about risk, risk mitigation, visibility, like you're talking about. So, what's the next step? I mean, it's it's I, I, at the top of that iceberg, right? You're you're saying it's good to have the visibility and, and try to prepare and, and basically cover your bases through things like uh, patch management and that. Um, what what's the next? You know, we always talk about the attack lifecycle, right? So, yeah. um, 
uh, like from an attacker's point of view, they always want to know what your weaknesses are, what those, you know, running scans using showdown things like that. Um, and, uh, you know, trying to see what, what your attack surface looks like. Right. Um, obviously the next step from that is, is, is breach and, pen and penetration. And that's where, you know, a, a lot of problems come into, this is where a lot of the dollars come in from recovery, obviously, right. If they do get past it and breach yeah. network, the, from a dollar perspective, the, the clock is, is ticking, right? I mean, there's research studies, we're just talking about this early in the week that, that are saying, you know, the average cost of a data breach is just just south of $4 million US. And, and those threats are often lurking on networks well time, sitting there a long time. Um, so what's the next step forward from, from trying to, to increase, I guess, your efficiency or response to, to threats? Yeah. So, so like I said, you know, so that, you know, first, you know, simple thing was having an awareness. And then the second thing is acting on, it. you know, how do you act on an actual threat in your environment? Hopefully you did the right things to be able to prepare for attack where you're at least able to identify something that happened to actually, you know, um, get inside your network. Once you have that being able to detect now it's, there's kind of two parts there. There's the, you have the analysis aspect where now you're already behind in the game, right? You know, if you're, you know, if you're trying to race, you know, the actual malware as it starts to spread in the environment, if you're actually like neck and neck, if you start to race at the same level, malware is probably going to beat you. Um, yeah. But if you're a little bit, you know, if you're starting here, you're a little bit farther ahead than the, you know, the, uh, you know, the malware, you might have a better chance. And what I mean by that is, automating that initial analysis you know what we typically do is we'll have you know some junior analysts go through and you know Derek you know this it's like okay look at the hash um, you know is it a bad hash you know what's the file reputation itself where are some of the actual code blocks you're running this through Yara rules you're running mm -hmm. it through sandbox technology those are manual steps start thinking about how do you automate that so when you get an alert the alert isn't saying hey I found something here. Now you're on your own. You want to see that alert. Hey, I found something. I analyzed it. It's this. I took this action. I contained it. And oh yeah, by the way, I also remediated it. Self-healing. Yeah. 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 I, I completely agree. We're, we're always behind in, in the arms. We always have. When I say we, I mean <laughs> yeah, everybody except for the attackers, right? right, right yeah. <laughs> Because they, they move without boundaries, obviously without without restrictions, without well, what they think is not legal consequences, things like that. But yeah, I, I agree. I mean, you know, we've had to do the same thing in Forty Guard Labs, obviously. Um, like like you're saying, like we've for, from from our perspective in Forty Guard Labs, we've had to um, be as nimble as possible and scale to the threat landscape. You know, we have north of 235 people in Forty Guard uh, Labs, from you know developers to analysts to threat hunters and researchers. But you can you can have two thousand people and you're still not going to scale to that to that level. So we've had to go through those experiences, like you, you use the hash analysis, right, to really automate those those day to day tasks. Starting with automation, you know, automation, DevOps, orchestration, moving to um, you know more advanced things like machine learning and AI that we do on the back end. And I think that yeah, you, you're you're absolutely right from a, an IT perspective starting with automation is, is key because, you know, I think a typical life cycle to that, you have like the example of an analyst who looks at a SIM, hey, there's a log, what does this log mean? Right. Like, oh, 
oh shoot, I have the security hole in my system. Let me go into the firewall and try to add a policy and block this. And by the time they do that, it's, it's too late, right? Right, yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's like, if you're able to extend your detection, automate your detection and, and analysis on the response side, it's the same thing. You, you know, if you have options to automate that, you know, those response capabilities to whatever controls you ended up putting in place, hopefully in the preparation phase, you've kind of chosen the right security controls that allow you to do that. Um, you know, I think you're going to be starting, you know, in the race of malware, you're going to be ahead of the game. And, you know, oftentimes you're going to be able to at least be able to catch up to the malware or you'll be able to win that race against the malware. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and like I said, the, at that point in time, the clock's ticking, right? It really is. Like the, the, the longer that these threats stay on the system, the more damage they cause in terms of risk and, and dollars, right? When it comes to trying to, to, uh, to, to mitigate these, right? And so this is the financial aspect of it too. Yeah, it just seems like they're, I mean, you know, what I do is that, man, the way that they can, um, you know, once they establish that initial beach hit, you know, kind of granted, there's the hands-on kind of keyboard, like we, you know, we saw over the last what, a few years, you know, with ransomware, where they methodically placed the, you yeah. know, malicious payload. But, you know, a lot of it's automated. So shoots, it comes, comes inside your network. If you don't understand uh, the vulnerabilities that may exist in your environment, how fast can that stuff actually spread, say, through some SMB vulnerability, right? Uh, yeah. Crazy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Spreads like wildfire sometimes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah you know, and, and this gets into the concept. It, it's, it's. Uh, I love having these strategic talks because, like, you, like, like we said, it's, it's not easy, but there are basics to cover it. And there, there's so many, so many topics we can go down in, down into. I know, I know that we don't have the time today, but you know, I think in, in the future it'd be great to talk about things like, uh, you know, uh, blue team playbooks too, right? Because that's that, how, how you map that. Pretty much how you wrap this all into a framework and, and a package, right? So it's like you said, there's there's tools out there to do that. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be you know, that you know, that'd be great. And the other thing here here before we go, I would I'd also say um, you know, when you are better uh prepared uh to deal with a security incident, um at the end of the day, you know, like you say, um it's gonna save you money um if you're better prepared, but it's also gonna save you even more from the consulting fees. Um I say this just from experience when, you know, I've helped a lot of customers through crisis situations when a security incident or security breach and the ones that went fairly quickly that were super successful, they prepared right. They had the right logs. They had the right security controls. They had the right uh, enforcement points. It just made it so much smoother. If they didn't, the thing drug on for quite some time and it got pretty expensive. Yeah, absolutely. Proactive versus reactive, right? And I think again, from a, a C-suite uh, position or perspective, that having those bases covered um, really will help <laughs> get a little bit of more sleep at night, right? I mean, it's like anything. It's like in in the physical world, if you have if you have a plan, should some you know disaster happen, um, you just you're going to be more prepared and not scrambling when it comes to it, right? Absolutely. All right, Tia, I think we're up on time. Thanks for joining me. It's great to see you again. Good discussions as always. Hopefully we can have another one of these and uh, hope you're staying safe. And it's great to see you. Great to see you again. All right, sounds good. See you later. All right, take care. Bye-bye.